welcome back to the OG of the HRC way. News, they ain't telling you. Okay, so first I just want to apologize for my changing background here and all these nails and all that fun stuff. Um, obviously my Disney ears are gone. I'm in the middle of packing, so please forgive me. Probably in the next couple weeks it'll get less and less, and then we'll be in a brand new office, and it'll be very, very exciting. So make sure and tune in for that. But let's just get into quick news. Today is a very big day. It is impeachment day. We are officially here, February 8th. So we shall see. I don't know how long this will be, but I guarantee it'll be very, very quick. So we'll see. Um, Wyoming has announced, Wyoming's GOP, that they are going to censure Liz Cheney. So that's amongst a list of other Republicans who went against Trump. She's now part of that list back home in Wyoming. That girl is going to have a very hard time keeping her seat. Um, Trump won her district by 43 points. So I don't know how she's going to pull that off, but she's a Cheney and I'm sure she'll survive somehow. They're like cockroaches. Um, so, uh, I was about to say Senator Harris. Vice President Harris has cast her first tiebreaker vote the other night for the COVID package. It's just the step one in allowing 51 votes to decide the next COVID package so it doesn't have to be bipartisan. That vote was made at like four in the morning. They were debating back and forth for like 13 hours or something crazy. A very, very long day for those senators. So she came in at four in the morning and cast that her very first 51 tiebreaker. One of many to come, I'm sure. Um, the NFL has announced uh, Godell, who is the uh, commissioner of the NFL. He has announced that officially since the season is over, Super Bowl is going to be done. They're going to make every stadium across America, NFL Stadium, a vaccine site. So sort of like what's happening here in Los Angeles with Dodger Stadium. So that's amazing. Um, this is a <laughs> interesting one. Um, one of the women who was charged in the January 6th domestic uh, terrorism <laughs> attack is a federal judge is allowing her to go on vacation in Mexico while she's out on her bond. So, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure her name is Karen, so <laughs> that's that. Um, this is interesting that not a lot of people are talking about, but this happened on Friday. The Supreme Court is allowing Tier 1 districts to reopen churches. Um, they just said that they agreed that no singing or chanting can be done, but people can go back to church. And some of these churches are very large and very packed, so... That'll be interesting. Of course, it was conservatives on one side and liberals dissenting like no other. An interesting fact about that was Amy Coney Barrett, who is the, the super Catholic justice. Um, Y'all know who she is. She actually voted to not allow singing or chanting where some of the more conservative, I guess, Alito, uh, Thomas, they voted to, they wanted to allow everything. Singing, chanting, everything. They didn't see a problem in anything. So somehow they made some sort of mediocre deal in the middle and tier one districts can reopen churches. Um, footage has surfaced of Roger Stone, good old Roger Stone, um, hanging out with the domestic terrorists on January 6th, even though he has said multiple times, I had nothing to do with January 6th. Some of the people that he was hanging out with are some of the people that have been arrested and are going to be charged. So let that plot thicken. Um... The Trump Organization, it has come out. They took $2.8 million from Trump's re-election fund, took that money and put it in a nice little Trump Organization fund. So that's cool. So all you Trump supporters out there, that's where your money went. So he can enjoy life even further at Mar-a-Lago. 
Um, this is a really, really interesting story, and I would almost guarantee you that most of you guys don't know about this. But our good friend, um, Lauren Bobert, she has she back during when she was running her campaign, the campaign gave her. This sounds like a fake story. The campaign gave her twenty-two thousand dollars reimbursed for mileage. Um, so she wasn't running for president. <laughs> she was just running for her district, which I'm not sure that you need $22,000 for mileage of just the district. She's not a senator, but okay. And then a few days later, she went, on, she went off and paid off the state lien of $20,000 that was owed be, um, by her restaurant. So that's, that's interesting. She gets $22,000 from her campaign, and then she turns around and pays off the state lien taxes for her restaurant of $20,000. Wow, looks like her and Trump have a lot in common. Okay, there you go. Again, all those supporters of Lauren Boat, that's where your money went to keep her, her restaurant afloat. Okay, there are a handful of schools in Utah that are allowing parents to opt students out of learning about Black History Month. Way to go, Utah. You're, you're such a great Mormon. That's a great Mormon way, right? Hmm. Um, I thought it was a fake news story when I first read it. Um, 50 cents, 56% of Americans want Trump convicted and impeached. I say to those 56% of Americans, I do too, but I don't think we're going to get our wish. So beggars can't be choosers, right? <laughs> um, this is a cute story. Uh, of course, Mardi Gras has been canceled this year because of COVID. So all of these New Orleans residents, over 3,000 of them, turn their homes into the floats. So each home in all, all across New Orleans and right outside of New Orleans, these homes have turned into floats. I saw a Golden Girls float. There's a New Orleans Saint float. All of these beautiful floats that usually would be in Mardi Gras are now people's homes. And I think that that is making, um, taking lemons and making lemonade, right? I think that's a great thing. So those are a couple quick things. Again, impeachment is here. So we shall see. Each day we'll bring a new treasure uh, yeah, let's get into the next stories, guys. Okay, so first news story is I'm sure a lot of you guys watched Framing Britney Spears um, on FX on Friday nights. I originally thought it was called Hashtag Free Britney. I was wrong. That's part of the movement and all of that. But um, I'm sure you still found it because it was everyone was talking about it on Twitter and she's been trending for three days now. Um, so you can still see it on Hulu because FX and Hulu have that deal. So it is on Hulu and I highly recommend everyone to watch it. Um, a lot of people were telling me that I should probably not watch it because I'm such a massive fan and they didn't want me to like get upset or get, and I was like, no way. Like I already knew everything that happens. I know what's going on. Like I know how I feel about her father. Well, I still got upset. <laughs> I made a TikTok video about it because I'm just sort of flabbergasted by the entire thing. But the underlying thing beyond, um, what the media has done to her, what Justin Timberlake has done to her, what... You know, her father, her own family has done to her. Be beyond all of that, um, which I will get into a little bit later, there is definitely an underlying, underlining sort of mental health issue there. Um, we've never been told what's going on. We just, when she had her sort of breakdown, all we were told was that she was really, really sick and she needed help. So that's what's been going on. But no one has said, this is what she has. This is. There's been a lot of rumors. There's been a lot of... You know, so, and I think that the reason they didn't come out and say what was wrong or what was going on 
is because of the mental health stigma. No one talks about men. Like when someone finds out like, oh, I have cancer, they just say it. Oh, I have cancer. Oh, I have. There's not a lot of stigma to that. It's like, oh, or oh, I have diabetes or oh, I have. It's normal, right? But when it comes to mental health, that's not seen as normal, even though it is normal to have mental health. 40% of all U.S. adults in a struggle with mental health or substance abuse. That's a good portion of people. Um, youth mental health is worsening. Obviously, COVID is not helping people <laughs> whatsoever in terms of mental health, depression, suicide rates. They're all high right now. Um, only 38% of those with mental health issues receive help. So that's a lot of people who don't receive any help whatsoever. And it's all stemmed in the stigma because when someone says, oh, I'm bipolar, they have this image in their mind of, of whatever it is and that's, that's what's put out there. Or, oh, I'm depressed. Oh, it means you can't get out of bed. Just get yourself out of bed. Or, oh, I have anxiety. Like, oh, just get over it. And that all stems from lack of awareness, lack of education, lack of perception, lack of understanding. Everyone thinks that when you have a mental health, you just take a pill and magically everything's okay. But that's not how it works. There's so much more to it. And if, you know, there have been celebrities who've come out and announced that they're bipolar or they suffered from depression, and it makes a difference. It makes it more and more like, oh, okay. Like, it's not, it's not what we think it is. Like, oh, okay, bipolar is not that thing. It's actually just this thing. So... You know, we also need to keep in mind that Ronald Reagan, he, in the 80s, he gutted all mental health programs and facilities and institutions, which there used to be a lot of mental health institutions. And they're not like all like psych wards where you like think like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Okay. There, there are some that are like that, but there's a lot like really great facilities that really help people. And he gutted all the, all of that. And we've been paying the price ever since. Not only has the stigma grown since then, but the lack of resources. When you look out on the streets and you see all these homeless people and they're talking to themselves and they're obviously not mentally well, that's why. Before, they used to get ar arrested and then they would be sent to a psychiatric ward. And they would be held for however long and the state or the government, you know, the federal government would pay for that. And they would get help. Now, yes, it is up to that person whether or not they want to continue treatment or want to take medication, but at least there was that option. Now, if someone who's living on the street who's mentally ill gets arrested, they don't go, they, the police take them to jail for 24 hours and then they're back on the street and it's a never ending cycle. So I think that there has never been any sort of replacement, there's never been any sort of conversation about. What are we going to do to replace mental health institutions? What are we going to do to destigmatize? What are we going to do? There's not really that conversation coming from the federal government. And I think the Britney Spears example is a great example of this super megastar, the princess of pop, who is struggling in front of all of our eyes. And that's a great example of like, this is so much bigger than just one person. There's a lot of Britney Spears around the, the country, around the world, but especially around the country, who need help. And it's okay to say that. It's okay. But I think that the federal government has to do a much better job. And we have to stop like sitting around and being like, well, Reagan gutted everything. That's true. And he was horrible. And he was a horrible president. And again, I'm going to get into that in a second. But we can't sit around. We got to do something now. 
especially post-COVID. The numbers are skyrocketing with suicide. The numbers are skyrocketing with depression for obvious reasons. But people are afraid to ask for help, and also they don't know where to go for help. So it's a very common thing that we just don't deal with. And just so everyone knows, this is how breast cancer was before Betty Ford made it an acceptable thing to have breast cancer, when she got breast cancer herself and changed the entire game. When she was like, yeah, I have breast cancer. So I would love for something like that to happen with mental health. And Rosalind Carter, when she was first lady, that was like her big platform. And unfortunately, Reagan came after the Carters, so that's where all of that went. But most of those programs was, like, was a her, huge part of her platform. So, you know, and I want to say to people, be careful how you're using these terms, depressed or, bi oh, I'm so bipolar today, or I'm so, like, I would never say, like, oh, I'm so, I'm so diabetic today, or I'm so, you know, I wouldn't do that. Because you're not, and you don't know how much these people are struggling. It's not just some, like, term to just throw out there. And I think the more we have an understanding and acceptance of what is going on with mental health, the better we can help one another. So, you know, at the end of the day, no one really understands the battles of mental health because we don't talk about it. So I just think that the government, it's, it's time for the government to step up and say that they're going to do something. If we really want to deal with homeless, we have to deal with mental health. If we really want to deal with substance abuse, we have to deal with mental health. They're all interlinked, connected. So just something for you guys to think about. Okay, so um, the other day was Ronald Reagan's birthday. And I know Republicans, one time um, we were watching the debates in 2016, it was like all those Republicans. And um, my cousin and I were like, every single time that they say Ronald Reagan, take a shot. I mean, we didn't really do that because we would have gotten wasted because they used to, they say so much, like Ronald Reagan, he's like their god, he's like their king, or he's the, they temporarily put him on a shelf while Trump was in charge, but he is like, it's back to Ronald Reagan. So the governor of Florida <laughs> announced that he signed that it was officially Ronald Reagan Day, and then there was other governors that followed through, all Republican governors, because, you know, he's their god. And there, there's a lot of reasons why this is so ridiculous, but first First, first, I just have to say, February is Black History Month, and Ronald Reagan was horrible for black people in America, period, point blank. And I'm going to get into all of that. So the fact that he decided at his birthday and, and it's Black History Month, like, so I love all of my Twitter friends who were like, yeah, yeah, no, we're going to talk about the real side of Ronald Reagan. So I thought, you know what, let me just refresh everyone on the failures of the Ronald Reagan presidency, Okay. Ronald Reagan triple, tripled our national debt from $900 billion to $2.6 trillion, with a T. Okay? All those Republicans who are like, oh, the deficit. Talk to your boy Ronald Reagan. Okay? He dropped the income tax on the top 1% from 70% to 28%. So, Trump, you didn't think of anything new. You literally did just what Ronald Reagan did. So you actually copied him in more ways than one, but I'll get to that. He sold 1,500 missiles to Iran. Yeah, guys, remember the Iran-Contra? And then he threw his chief of staff, or Nancy Reagan threw his chief of staff under the bus? Yeah. And then he announced, because he had Alzheimer's during the first debate, and he let it sl slip, and they were like, wait, you sold what? And he was like, oh, well, no. Yeah, okay. He, oh, this is a doozy that I've, I'm sure some of you guys have forgotten. He brought himself, he brought in 100,000 communists 
into our country during the Cold War. Yeah, Google that one, because that one doesn't get talked about a whole lot. He cut funding on all art and music programs, which is why it was like Save the Music with VH1 had to be started because of him. He cut funding for all mental health institutions, programs, fund, what's all of it, gone. Because apparently, like, no one's mentally ill in the Reagan world. Um, he only gave one speech, one, in his entire presidency on AIDS. During his administration, 89,000 89, people died of AIDS. And he gave one speech, one. So when y'all, like, are saying about Trump and how he's the worst of all time... Really? Really, guys? 89,000 people died from one? And he gave one speech? I mean, come on. Like, they can all be equal and they can all be horrible. Doesn't just have to be one horrible president. He created trickle-down economics that has failed our entire country since the day that he left. It has failed us all. It failed his own vice president turned president, H.W. Bush. As governor of California... He changed the open carry law, which back in the day, you used to be able to open carry in California. He changed it because Black Panthers showed up to the courthouse with guns. And he was like, oh, no, 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 we're not doing that anymore. Bye-bye open carry by a Republican. Your savior, Ronald Reagan. He ramped up mass incarcerations. I know everyone thinks that Bill Clinton and the crime bill, and I'm not defending that. I'm just saying it started way before. He literally coined the term, make America great again. Again, another thing that Trump stole from him. You can see speech after speech after speech about make America great again. And we all know what that means. Oh, and by the way, he had Alzheimer's for all of his last term, all of his last four years. There was so many videos and footages of him. You can tell there was something wrong with him and they just let him run the country. He hid Alzheimer's from the country. He dropped crack cocaine into urban neighborhoods and coined the term welfare queens. So he dropped crack cocaine, got urban neighborhoods addicted to crack cocaine, and then sent them to prison for having crack cocaine, and then saying that their baby mamas were welfare queens because the dad was in prison. So he set up the entire system. The war on drugs, which he continued from the Nixon era. Bull. Over 138 indictments or convictions of his administration officials. Yeah, you know how many Obama had? Zero. Zero. Zero indictments. Zero convictions. So, yeah, there's your, there's your Ronald Reagan Day, DeSantis, in Florida. There's your Ronald Reagan Day. You should be so proud of these numbers. Nothing adds up. Doesn't matter if you look at the economics, if you look at domestic, if you look at foreign... Doesn't add up. Yeah. I know you had Alzheimer's the whole time. The whole time. But it's fine. It's fine. Happy Ronald Reagan Day. Okay, so to continue on this train of horrible presidents, um, I want to talk about what I've seen as of recently, the last four and a half years now, of sort of normalizing W. Bush and all of his squad. Okay, and it is infuriating to me because for me personally, I think, I think Trump was a horrible president. I think W. Bush was a horrible president. I think Ronald Reagan was a horrible president. I think, you know, we can go even further back. We can keep going. But I'm able to, like, balance all that 
and say they all were horrible for our country. I mean, what I just read to you sounded very much like Trumpism, right, with the Ronald Reagan stuff. So Trump and Reagan, to me, are like these showmen who were full of hot air. Where George W. Bush, I know, I keep hearing this from people when I say this to them. They say to me, well, he's not horrible like Trump. How can he not be horrible like Trump? Do you guys understand what he did to our country in eight years? First of all, let me just say this. He won on a lie. They stole the election from, from Gore. Okay? They won off of a Supreme Court decision where you had Scalia, who was the most states' rights Supreme Court justice we've probably ever had, say in every other case with states' rights, they would continue counting the vote, but not in this case, in Florida. He wrote that those exact words in his opinion. So to me, it's like he started off with a bump. That right there is like, well, you know, okay, W. Bush, Dick Cheney, Liz Cheney, I know, you all love her now because you think she's some savior, for, but she's not. The only reason she voted for impeachment was because her daddy must have some other plan for her in the bigger picture. And they're trying to move past Trumpism. If Trump would have done something solid for her, she wouldn't have voted for impeach. Let me tell you right. This is not a conscious vote. She's not a good person. She's a Cheney. She turned her back on her own sister for being a lesbian. Okay. And she worked for W. Bush in his administration. So she's guilty. Condoleezza Rice, Donald Rumsfeld, and John Ashcroft. Those names ruined this country for eight solid years. We're talking about over a million people are dead based off of a lie of war. The President of the United States went to Congress and he said there is weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and we must go and attack. What? By the way, guys, no weapons of mass destruction have ever been found. And you know why? Because Iraq is a poor-ass country. We took out Saddam Hussein, though, right? Like, oh, and then look what's happened since. It's been a disaster ever since. Over a million people are dead. Civilians, soldiers, between Iraq and Afghanistan. So, okay, there's that. You, these are true war criminals. All of them. W. Bush included. I know that you guys like to overlook W. Bush because you think he's like funny and goofy and no, 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 no. He agreed to all of this. He may not have understood because the guy is an idiot, but he agreed. It's his signature on the dotted line. He went and delivered the speech and convinced all those members of Congress that there was weapons of mass destruction, knowing good and well there was not. But that's not just it, you guys. The economy that we're still paying for today that we've never recovered from that's going to be even double as hard because now we have a trump economy live economy on top of that where he did the same thing that bush did deregulated everyone and let everything just go wild and by the time he leaves it's no longer his problem w bush knew what was going to happen with the economy but he knew it wouldn't happen until after he was out of the white house how is that a leader how is that someone that you can trust as the president of the united states Let's talk about what he did with the NSA and our privacy as American citizens. Post 9-11, they took the Patriot Bill and they wrung it and they sprung it to take away as many as our privacy rights as they could because of 9-11. You know now when you go to the airport, 
you don't even need your passport anymore. When you go there, you just give them their ID, your ID, and they go, okay, you can go through. That's because of the extension of the Patriot Bill, all part of the NSA. They're listening on our cell phones. They're listening on our computers. They're listening. It's why tech, big tech has, has never been reeled in because the NSA is loving all the information that they're getting. And that all happened under W. Bush. You know, let's talk about Guantanamo Bay. We, the UN signed the human rights deal, right, under Eleanor Roosevelt about America was this plethora of we do not torture prisoners of war no matter what. It's not what we do. Oh, no, no, no. Not only did we torture prisoners of war, but we tortured them in Cuba where we have this secret prison and he didn't tell anyone about it until someone finally let it leak. And then he went, oh, yeah, that's right. We, we kind of did that. And then they try to bury it. And even Obama tried to bury it. But they started that, which it's still open with 40, 40 uh, prisoners. And what's crazy about that is that the type of, of, of terrorists that they have in this prison, they're horrible, horrible people. However, let me just say this. They don't care if they die. They think that they're dying for the good of what they believe in. They think that there's a whole holy land on the other side with 40 virgins or whatever waiting for them. So you can torture the living crap out of them. They're not going to say anything. We learned nothing in Guantanamo Bay. We tortured all these prisoners and we learned nothing. And if it wasn't so bad, then why did they cover it up? Because they knew. Now I know that Dick Cheney was the puppeteer and all of this. I am not naive to that. But again, W. Bush knew. And he did nothing to stop it. So I know you guys get excited when he sh hugs Michelle Obama or gives her a mint or whatever that is. Okay? And you're saying, oh, well, no, he's just a nice guy and Trump's not. No, the only difference is that Trump just put it all out there for you guys. Trump just said, here you go. I'm a horrible person. W. Bush is like, oh, I'm just so goofy. And so, yeah, the guy knew. He knew, he knew, he knew, and he did nothing to stop it. And he handed it over to Obama and was like, all right, I'm out of here. Why did he hang out in his basement pre-Trump? He was just in his basement. The GOP didn't even want him doing fundraisers because he was toxic. But the second we got Trump in, everyone was like, oh, no, we can forgive all of W. Bush's sin. Why can't we equally say there are horrible presidents all around? It doesn't have to be one or the other. I'm able to do it. So I just think that you guys need to be reminded of these facts of what he put us through. And also, oh, I could go on and on and on of the things that W. Bush did. No child left behind. Screwed our entire public education system. On and on. Refused to do an immigration reform bill when we really had a chance to do it. I mean, come on, you guys. Honestly. So, that's all I got. Okay, so we had so much fun. Or at least Sam and I did. And my mom, because she was a big fan of it. <laughs> doing the DC Disney um, where Sam will say a politician and I'll say a DC, I mean, a uh, Disney character and it's fun. So we need more fun in our life and never too much Disney. So let's do it. Sam, go ahead. Let's start a little crazy. Oh no. With Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Marjorie Taylor Greene is, um, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> there's so many villains, but it has to be like a really crazy villain. Um, and some of the villains I like, so I don't want to like, she reminds me of the, the, what, 
what movie is that where it's like the um oh my god she has like the crazy hair and she is it oh my god what movie is that she's like short and she has the broom madam meme I think she's from, like, a movie that I don't watch, but uh, <laughs> Sword in the Stone. That's who she is. Like, she's really crazy, and she has this broom, and I've only seen the movie, like, once or twice. But that's who she is, totally. And I don't like that movie, so I can, like, associate her with that movie. But that's who she is. And she, like, turns into, like, a dragon, and a... that's that's Marjorie Taylor Greene. Alright, uh, Chuck Schumer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Chuck Schumer. Hey. Um, Chuck Schumer is, Chuck Schumer, he's, like, whiny, and he pretends to be stronger than he really is. He is, like, he's, like, a sidekick. He's not a main character. He's not a main character. He's not a prince, or he's not a king, or any of that craziness. He thinks he is, but, um, he's a sidekick. He's, like, Pelosi's sidekick. He's, like, Scuttles from The Little Mermaid, who thinks that, like, he comes with, the, like, the fork. He, like, is, like, with the fork, and he convinces her, like, yeah, use this sport, you know, use the fork to, like, brush your hair or whatever. That's who he is. Like, he's convincing all of us he's going to do $50,000 in student debt, and he's not going to do that. It's performative. Like, that's, he's Scuttles. Like, he's really stupid, and he's not the main character, and, you know, but I like okay. Scuttles, but. <laughs> okay, last but not least. Hillary Clinton. Oh, Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton is. Oh, hands down, 100%. She is Princess Belle. 100%. She's Princess Belle. Um, minus, like, falling in love with the Beast. Well, I guess Bill Clinton sometimes means Beastly. But, um, no, she's strong and she's independent and she's very sure of herself. She doesn't care if she looks different. She reads all the time. Um, you know, and she's my favorite Disney princess, by the way, Princess Belle. But, um, no, yeah, definitely, definitely Princess Belle. Daily Descent with OG of HRC. Okay, so shouldn't surprise you what my Daily Descent is today. Britney Spears. Um, she's fresh on my mind because of Framing Britney Spears, the amazing documentary that the New York Times did a stellar job. Um, I want to say this. After watching the documentary, I had a lot of feelings about um, not just what's happening to her with her father controlling every aspect of her life and she's currently battling to get her father off and get someone else an independent person which apparently we found out in the documentary she was asking for the entire time um I want to say that looking back on all this the way that the media treated her from very early on in her career till now is pretty disgusting um here's a great example so when Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake broke up and he made it very clear that she supposedly cheated on him. The media automatically made her, slut-shamed her, and made her the villain in all of this without even knowing. They automatically took Justin Timberlake's side. And he built his entire solo career off of that whole breakup. He did the infamous Crimea River video and song with Britney, like a Britney Spears lookalike walking through a house. And like he said, the song was about her. He went on radio stations. He talked about like, you know, sleeping with her, even though she said she was a virgin. I mean, and completely just washed her away. And Diane Sawyer, who I am a big fan of, she did the infamous interview with Britney Spears. And it was very disappointing the way that Diane Sawyer handled her. And watching it back now, you know, she was like shaming her. 
and making her the, you know, her the villain in all this. And we don't know what happened between the two of them. You know, or I think about, I remember when she like came back and everyone was like, oh, she got a boob job. She got a boob job at 17 years old. And she was doing press and people were constantly talking about her boobs. I don't hear any of the boy bands going through any of that sort of at that time of like, oh, did you get this done? Because let me just tell you, some of those boy bands got their like noses done and their cheekbones done, <laughs> you know, once the money started coming in. But no one said anything to them, just Britney Spears. And she sort of would like laugh it off. And she should have never had to answer any of those questions. Whose business it is, is it? It's not any of theirs. Or the way that the media bought into the whole like, oh, moms are against Britney Spears because she's too sexualized or she's too this or like while while their teenage daughters were be acting in the same manner that Britney Spears was at that age. Because we all do it it's, as teenagers. We all over sexualize ourselves. Not saying it's correct, but I'm saying like that's, you know, but the media like built into that and created this whole negative energy around her. And then when she started falling apart, they like doubled down on coverage with her. They were showing all of this footage in the documentary. She couldn't leave a convenience store. She, everywhere she went, they were just swarming her. And it's just until she finally had her big breakdown. And then they were like, oh, what's wrong with her? She's crazy. She's this, but never taking any accountability that maybe, just maybe, they had a small or larger part in what happened with the takedown of Britney Spears. I have yet to hear Justin Timberlake ever say publicly, you know what, it wasn't fair that I was the good guy and she was the bad one. Because in every breakup, there's always two sides to every story and then there's the truth. I've never heard Justin Timberlake ever say, I'm so sorry, Brittany. Never heard that. Look at where his career has gone and look what all that she's had to go through. It's disgusting. And the media love to see her rise and then they pushed her and they pushed her. And when she fell off the cliff, they went, we're not guilty, not our problem. And now they want to sit there and pretend that they care that for 10 plus years, she's had no control over her life. No one has questioned in the media whatsoever. Like, why is it her? She tried to hire a lawyer when the whole entire thing happened. She understood that someone was going to have to come in and take over. She had full acknowledgement of that. And then that lawyer went to the judge and the judge said, oh, no, I have a piece of medical paper here, a medical record that I'm not going to show you. But she can't she can't make any she can't hire her own lawyer. And she hasn't until recently. She's had court appointed lawyers for 10 plus years. Where is the media coverage of that? Why is this documentary only coming now? I have no idea what is mentally wrong with her. I'm not denying that there's there's something mentally wrong with her. But I always go back to if she's so horrible and she needs to be on this lockdown, how has she been able to do multiple album releases, go on multiple world tours, do all of these Las Vegas shows, which I saw. I actually saw two world tours that she did post-breakdown and the Vegas girl was on point, completely on point, completely with it. And if she's so like broken down and can't do anything, then how is she able to do that? And then don't even get me started on when she disappeared from Instagram for like a month and a half, three months, or two and a half months. And they came back and, were, and she was like, oh, I, I went away. And what? And there was no concern from the media to do their job and say, this doesn't make any sense. What is going on with this girl? And it took all of her, her fans now, the Free Britney movement, to even get this to where it is now. 
And I get it. I was watching the documentary and I was watching these young clips of her and I was thinking back to eighth grade me when I fell madly in love with her and I realized what connected me to her is what connects everyone to her. She's this super real person when she's not on stage. And the second she gets on stage, you're like enamored with this, it's Britney bitch. But the second she's off that stage, she's back to being just the girl from Louisiana that could be your best friend. That's what we all loved about her. And that's what we're fighting for. Because the Instagrams that I see now, I don't know who's controlling it. I don't know if she has any say, who, what, where. She speaks in a different sort of like voice than I've ever heard. And all I've said since the beginning is, I don't care if she never releases another album. She never goes on tour again. She never has another song. All I want is for my girl, Britney, to just be happy and free. And that's what all of us with the Free Britney movement want. And there are some amazing fans. And finally, finally, thankfully, she has her own lawyer now. And she's fighting tooth and nail to get rid of her father, who she didn't want from the very beginning. So all I can say is don't laugh at her Instagrams and think like, oh, haha, this is so funny. Or this is she's stuck in a horrific situation. She has no control over anything in her life. And she is dealing with things that we know nothing about. But my hope is that one day when she's free, she can tell her story. But I know, I know, based on the court records, the latest court records, that she has acknowledged the Free Britney movement. She has thanked her fans for fighting the good fight for her. And that is what all of us will continue to do. Because she has done so much for all of us. She has gotten us through junior high, high school, college, 20s, 30s. She got us there. So now it's our turn to continue to fight to free Britney. All right, guys. Until next time, make sure you check us out on Instagram, TikTok, and, of course, Twitter. And make sure you check and listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, or watch us, of course, on YouTube. Until next time, the OG of HRC, signing out.